morning to all. Good to see you this morning. Obviously, there seems to be a lot of people away, so this is a big week. So anyways, um, a number of very important announcements today. Um, uh, this, uh, Patty and I will begin a vacation time for three weeks. Uh, it is in the bulletin who will be covering the services. Uh, so if you have an important issue that needs to be addressed, please uh, contact one of, one of the elders. Also, very importantly, concerning the nominations for the pastoral search uh, committee uh, in terms of the associate pastor, uh, will be accepted through July 30. Notice that announcement. Members in good standing are eligible to serve on the committee. Please confirm prior to nominating that, the, that, that an individual is willing to serve. Please submit uh, nominations to Norm Long by July 30th. He will be on vacation, so also, you may want to uh, submit those by email to Norm. There will be a congregational meeting on August 13th uh, to vote for the three uh, committee nominations. Keep in mind also the church picnic on July 22nd, 10 to 2 at Covington Community Park. Please be signing up for that. Sign up for, is by July 16th. It is in the back in the foyer as you leave. Also, uh, my classes that I've been conducting will be postponed until August 3rd, and we will begin there once again with the doctrinal aspect of regeneration and justification. Also, the summer women's Bible study, please note there that will also commence. The next meeting is July the 18th at Julie's Ives home. Let's see, now there's a few other things that I want to uh, uh, bring to your attention. Uh, also, uh, I see that uh, Mark Carlson is here. Uh, supposedly, I've been informed that this is his last Sunday, so um, uh, with, to be with us. Um, and so, please, uh, uh, he will be going to the Philippines and getting married. <laughs> so, uh, we want to. Uh, also give him a wonderful send-off as well uh, and uh, thank him for his time of being with us in the congregation. Um, also, uh, there have been a number of people that have gone to a couple in terms of glory this last week um, and which associated with this congregation. Please remember these families in terms of their grieving and mourning. Uh, we are thinking of Ruth Ann Sorison uh, concerning her good friend Barbara Peterson and also Debbie Donovan's father has gone to be with the Lord as well but also in terms of a former member here uh, also we have learned this week that uh, Michael Trantham lost his grandfather this week who he was very very close to so as it was very uh, interesting he was 94 years old so he had a wonderful life so, but, uh, so we learned that as well. Okay, congregation, let us come together in silent meditation.
Let us stand. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. In the day, in a dry and weary land, where there is no water, so I will look upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Congregation, let us turn to number 91, number 91 in the Red Trinity Hymnal.
Heavenly Father, thou art the one who blesses us, provides for us the privilege of coming before thee. We thank thee, O Lord, for the assembly of the saints, thy people here this morning, that we can glorify your name, and we ask, O Lord, that you would receive our praises in the heavenly places in the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask, O Lord, that he, as he sits upon his throne, would be majestic unto us and shower us with his blessings this day. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. going to read from Leviticus 25 this morning in terms of the revelation of God's will. There's much about the concept of redeeming or redemption in the 25th chapter. I'm going to read from this section some ways, even though I'm not going to connect this specific section to the message this morning, you will get an idea of this in the history of Israel from this passage. So Leviticus 25, I'm going to read 47 through 55. If a stranger or sojourner with you becomes rich, and your brother beside you becomes poor and sells himself to the stranger or sojourner with you or to a member of the stranger's clan, then after he is sold, he may be redeemed. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle or his cousin may redeem him, or a close relative from his clan may redeem him. Or if he grows rich, he may redeem himself. He shall calculate with his buyer from the year when he sold himself to him until the year of Jubilee. And the price of his sale shall vary with the number of years. The time he has, he was with his owner, shall be rated as the time of a hired worker. If there are still many years left, he shall pay proportionately for his redemption some, some of his sale price. If there remain but a few years until the year of Jubilee, he shall calculate and pay for his redemption in proportion to his years of service. He shall treat him as a worker hired year by year. He shall not rule ruthlessly over him in your sight. And if he is not redeemed by these means, then he and his children with him shall be released in the year of Jubilee. For it is to me that the people of Israel are servants. They are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Let us pray. The concept of redemption, the concept, O Lord, that thou hast written in various ways of your 
providence in dealing with each other. Other human beings is upon the scriptures and upon the life of Israel in their covenantal context. Oh, what a year it is, that year of jubilee, of release, and that the redemption price is now complete. We thank thee, O Lord, that the year of jubilee has come. It has come in the Lord Jesus Christ in terms of his death and resurrection. The redemption of thy people have now been released. We have been released from that in which we ourselves have been found to be those who work in terms of our labor, in terms of that in which we ourselves cannot by our labor reach the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Christ has done that which purchases us our redemption through, through that in which we have been caught in terms of our own slavery. We ask, O oh Lord, that we would understand the freedom we have in Christ and the liberty that we have in him. For he has accomplished this in his death and resurrection on our behalf. In Christ's name, amen. Isaiah 53 will be on our minds in many ways this morning in terms of our assurance of pardon. I'm going to read from 53, 10 through 12, thinking of our Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Congregation, let us respond by remaining seated and singing number 701, number 701.
congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, let us bow our heads before our holy God. Our Lord and our God, we are so blessed to have your presence with us today. We know that we can be weary from that in which we are doing each day. We know that there are the trials, the temptations, the seductions each day from the evil one. We know that the path is not easy in terms of living faithfully before your throne of grace. But, O Lord, you are the one who is merciful, and thou art the one who has sent thy spirit to apply the wonderful benefits that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Enable us to understand more and more and to plead unto thee to wash our sins away. We're thankful for what Christ has done on the cross, and we are thankful for the victory that we have, that we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us and given himself for us. For thee, O Lord, our Father in heaven, did not spare thy own Son so that we can have this wonderful treasure of the precious riches that are in Jesus Christ. We ask, O Lord, that you would continue to bless thy church, bless the people in thy church, bless the flock of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the world. And we're thankful, O Lord, for the the work and for the dedication and commitment of the gospel that goes forth throughout the world in very hostile and very difficult situations. We ask, O Lord, that we would be preserved even here in our own nation and our understanding of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the gospel would continue to go forth from our lips and in our walk before those who we come in contact with and that they would understand that with we ourselves are those who walk in the ways of righteousness for the name of Christ's sake, not for ourselves. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would be with the various missions in terms of our own denomination. We think of Tina de Young. We ask that you would continue to be with her, her tent making ministry there in Uganda. We ask that you would be with the missionary teams that are there and have there be unity in terms of effort and proclamation of the gospel, that the communication of the gospel would go well among the people who are coming to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ and that the Lord Jesus Christ will truly change lives. We ask that you'd be with A.J., and Chelsea Millcamps. We ask that you would bless them and bless them in terms of their new church plan. We have heard that it is going very well and we ask that you'd be with them there in, in Athens, Tennessee. And we pray that they, with the contacts that they make would be that which will bear fruit and that Sunday worship and weekly Bible study will continue to increase. We ask that you can protect this work from that of which the evil one tries to invade. And we ask, O Lord, you preserve the ministry there.
We ask that you be with Trinity OPC in Bothell, Washington here. We thank thee for the people that are still assembling and we're thankful to hear that a man has received, has given consent to come and to serve them. We ask, O oh Lord, that things would go well in terms of that process. We thank thee so much for Scott Hunter, who is there with that congregation this morning. We ask that you would bless his ministry to them, and their hearts would be uplifted by the word of the Lord that comes unto them, and that they would continue to persevere in the, in the strength of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask for particular issues that are going on perhaps in many families in this congregation. We ask that you'd be with those who are involved in terms of their vocations. We ask that you would continue to provide for them and their family. If there are those who are going through financial struggles, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would be with them and help them not to be ashamed to ask for help in terms of the service of the Lord Jesus Christ in terms of this congregation itself. We ask that you'd be with Kenny and Juliana Prunell. We thank thee so much for their lives and for their marriage. We're thankful for their, their efforts and their vocations that they are now involved in. We ask, they ask that you would continue to bless them in terms of their growth and their marriage in the Lord. And we ask that you'd be with Kenny this week as he goes off to Young Life Camp this week in terms of his service to young people and the proclamation of the gospel. We ask for the children or for the kids who come to that camp that they would come to true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Kenny would have good words and encouragement to them in terms of the gospel. We pray also for Juliana as she prepares for her classroom and teaching curriculum and for her first year of teaching, well, how exciting that is, and that all things would go well. It is a difficult experience that first year, but we ask that you would bless her, and we ask that you'd be with Kenny as well, as he also will be preparing for another year in the classroom. We're thankful that they are in the same school district, and their providence has brought that together for them. We ask that you be with Rick and Nancy Poole. We thank thee so much for their lives, and we ask that you continue to bless them as they are away from us in Michigan and northern Indiana. We thank thee, O oh Lord, for their lives and for their daughters' families and grandchildren. We thank thee for their safety, and we ask you to be with Rick and Nancy as they are away from us. We pray for their grandchildren. They ask for prayer in terms of them growing to know and to love the Lord. We ask, O oh God, that that would be so true in these covenant children, and we ask that that would also pervade the covenant homes within this congregation. Rick and Nancy also give thanks for the Lord's providence concerning the re recent decisions made by the Supreme Court. We ask, O oh Lord, your continual guidance over the nations, and in particular this nation and our leaders, that they themselves would understand what it means to act justly towards others. We ask also your continual blessings upon Mark Carlson. 
We ask that you bless him as he goes forth and from us into the, into the Philippines. We thank thee for the marriage which is about to occur. We ask you to bless his life there and give him the prosperity of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in his heart and in his wife and his life. We ask, O oh Lord, that you'd be also the continuing comforting God of peace and grace to those who have seen key family members and friends go home with, to the Lord this last week. We thank thee, O oh Lord, for their lies and the testimonies of the gospel that they have given to the lives of those who are part of our congregation. We thank thee so much for Debbie Donovan's father and the imprint that she made upon, he made upon her life and upon that family. We ask that you be with Debbie in a special way and give to her a special measure of your grace through this time of grieving and also mourning. But we celebrate with her also in terms of the Lord Jesus Christ and the exaltation of thy people. We ask that you'd be with Ruth Ann Sorison, be with her as she has lost her dear friend Barbara, Barbie Peterson, and we ask that you bless Ruth Ann as the grief is very strong in her heart. We give you, we ask that you would bless her through this time and that she would be completely content with, the, with, the, with Barbie being with the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that you be with Michael Trantham as he himself is, is going through a special time of, of training uh, and that he wasn't able to uh, attend his grandfather's funeral, but he was uh, told by his grandmother that, that it was fine. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless him through this time in which he himself praises your name for the life of his grandfather and the impression that he made upon him. We place all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, let us stand and sing number 308. Number 308.
As I stated last week, this section from Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45, we've even been looking at, and this is our third message on that particular section. And today, is our focus, as I said last week, will be on verse 45, just the one verse. However, <laughs> we do want to read the context once again. And so we will begin in verse 35. So again, we see the context of the verse 45. So Mark 10, starting at verse 35, listen to the holy infallible word of God. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit on your right hand and on your left. In your glory, Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. And even the Son of Man came down, came not excuse me, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, the, the purpose, the meaning of Christ coming into the world is laid out very strongly in this single verse. Let none of our hearts be hardened this morning, but have our hearts open. And we ask, O oh Lord, that we would continue by your grace to taste the wonderful benefits that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give to us continual understanding of what it means for our hearts that are naturally sinful to be redeemed by Christ. In Christ's name, amen. Is the safety of the President of the United States 
supreme. Can we say that not only is his safety important to himself, but it is also important to our nation? Also, as the figurehead of our nation, his safety is symbolically a sign of our nation's safety. The normal citizen in our nation does not have 24-hour secret service protection. Everyone's safety is expendable in comparison to our president. Relatively speaking, we hear about a few attacks on the street where the safety of a citizen is compromised, whereas if the safety of the president is infringed, we would hear nonstop coverage until the danger is completely suppressed. Well, does Christ have such safety surrounding him as he is going up to Jerusalem? Is his safety paramount in our text? Let us go back to Christ's day and grasp the strong contrast between Jesus in the Roman ruler through the eyes of the Roman author Seneca. Commenting upon Nero, the Roman Caesar Seneca remarks that Nero is the bond that holds the commonwealth together. Yes, Nero embodies the entire population of the Roman Empire. Nero's safety and security is supreme, whereas every citizen, their safety, their security is expendable. In fact, Nero's safety and security is so important for the empire that Seneca commented that the people need to be prepared to turn their own bodies into a corpse for the sake of Nero's safety. Congregation, are you grasping the earthly importance of an American president and a Roman emperor to grip your soul as you look at Christ, the king of kings in our text, as Christ and his disciples are going up to Jerusalem, there is no equivalent to a secret, to secret servant agents protecting him, nor at this point his disciples ready to become a dead corpse to protect him. Christ's authority, his lordship, his purpose and mission is entirely different than a leader or emperor of any earthly nation like our president or Nero. In fact, we have been waiting to hear from Christ about the precise purpose, the precise purpose as to why he has come into the world. Why must he go up to Jerusalem, suffer, be rejected by the Jewish Sanhedrin, delivered into the hands of the Gentiles, be mocked, spit upon, flogged, killed, and after three days rise from the dead? He has clearly demonstrated his authority and power 
over physical ailments, leprosy, demons, raised the dead, calmed a storm, walked on water, fed 5,000. He fed 4,000. He taught as one with authority, forgiving sin, declared that he is the Lord of the Sabbath and that he is the long-expected Messiah for God's people. But in all this, all this, has Christ stated up until this point, the precise purpose, the reason he had come into the world. Why did he have to die? Why did he have to die? Or why was he sent into the world to die? All of us who confess faith in Christ know the answer to that question, do we not, here this morning. We are gathered here today because we know the answer to that question. He had to die for our sins. There is a hint about this, although not precisely stated back in chapter 2, verse 17, when Jesus reveals that he has come not to call the righteous, but sinners. So again, let's be reminded of the context here in 1045. Christ has been involved in extensive teaching, training, and forecasting about what it means for the disciples and the future life of the church to be his followers. The theme of discipleship and the cost of discipleship has dominated Mark's text since Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, in chapter 8, verse 29. To be a true follower of Christ means to be assimilated by the Holy Spirit into living the same life pattern that Christ lived on behalf of his chosen people. Has it penetrated your own heart? Has it penetrated your heart yet what union with Christ looks like for our pilgrim and wilderness journey here on earth, a life of self-denial, taking up your cross in following Christ, willing to lose your life for the sake of Christ and the gospel, willing to be last and a servant of all, never causing one to sin, Willingness to be purified with fire. To receive the kingdom of God like the dependency of an infant baby. Willing to surrender all you have for salvation by sovereign grace. If you wish to be first, then be a slave to all. Has Christ's words landed landed upon your life effectively 
with conviction and action. Has it? Has it? Christ summarizes the entire scope of all these descriptions of discipleship with his own path to Jerusalem. The identity of the church and the true believer is persecution unto resurrection and eternal life. It is into this pattern of Christ's cup and baptism that Christ's disciples and the church are brought. But remember that only Christ, only your Christ, accomplishes the efficacious redemption for his people on the cross and in his resurrection. No human being born in sin can duplicate such a glorious redemption for the citizens of his kingdom. The flow of God's providence directing and securing Christ's path has now been set up for Mark to record the precise reason why every single person in the world needs Jesus. Every single person in the world needs Jesus. Why every human being, Jew and Gentile, born in sin, needs the gospel of good news based only in the Messiah coming out of God's covenant oath in Israel's history. Hence, as we are so close to Christ entering Jerusalem, Mark records these most crucial words for our redemption from our Savior. Let me ask you personally, how much respect do you have for a person who talks but does not do the walk? Well, all the words Christ has taught about discipleship is summarized, is consummated here in verse 45. And Christ freely embraces religiously and spiritually what no ruler to repeat can copy, including an Egyptian pharaoh, a Roman emperor, a British monarch, or an American president. No one no one can duplicate the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for any. What king of a nation has ever been able to say such a thing? This verse is packed, is packed about the purpose of Christ coming into the world and for your well-being. He does not come into the world 
to be served with earthly positions of honor, prestige. Rather, his mission is to serve a slave to all, a slave to act out the ordained mission set by his master, his heavenly father, the son of man promised by Daniel chapter 7 verse 14 has arrived in such a way that his everlasting dominion and kingdom will only be accomplished if he is also the servant of the Lord that appears and fulfills Isaiah 53. Please see this congregation. Dominion over all nations and the cosmos is granted only, only after coming and living as a servant for all his people. Did you get that? Dominion for Christ comes only after he comes as be a servant. To us, his people. And how will his action of service be lived? He will give his life as a ransom for many. If you are a believer in Christ... This means that the service that Christ has come to give is his life as a ransom for you, for you. Do you know what that means? Can you articulate what that means? Do you want to know what that means? Do not allow a shield to cover your mind and heart concerning this verse. Mark's gospel from chapter 1, verse 1, has been building, has been building to this particular climax, this one single verse in his gospel thus far. If you daydream, if you are daydreaming, stop it. Right now. And hear with respect the voice of Christ in verse 45. And ask yourself, do you love Jesus? The first phrase, without revelation, without, excuse me, reservation, incorporates the fulfillment of the long-expected prophecies of Daniel 7 and Isaiah 53. And the second phrase fulfills without reservation the concept of redemption in the Old Testament and Old Covenant. As we have already suggested, the key word in the second phrase is ransom. Ransom. Underline it. 
Make sure you see the term ransom in our text can be connected to how we use the term today. It denotes, it denotes the price for a release, a price for a release. Let us say that a person is committed a crime and the court sets the bail price of $1,000 for release from jail. The $1,000 can be said to be the ransom price of release. It is the cost for a person's redemption from jail. So the ransom price secures one's redemption from being in prison. Well, from this illustration, we can begin to formulate and understand the deep religious and supernatural act of Christ purchasing our release from our enslavement to sin. With respect to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 44, going back one verse in our text, Christ laid down his life in the form of a servant slave in order to free enslaved persons. Think of it this way. We are in prison for multiple crimes. That is, in this case, multiple sins that we have been committing. We are absolutely guilty of those sins. There is no question about it. We have been created to enjoy and glorify God forever, but instead we have chosen to become an enemy of God. And in our sin, we refuse to devote our entire life to our holy creator. Hence, justice must be served for our rebellion against our creator and our life of sin. We are imprisoned by God. We are slave to God because of our own enslavement to sin in our lives. In fact, the law of God has judged us guilty of our sin. As Paul points out, we are under the curse of God's holy and perfect law, Galatians 3, 13. Since our sin in the final analysis is an affront to the person of God, only God can rescue us from our imprisonment from our enslavement to sin. There is no way that we can free ourselves from this wretched condition. Yes, the doubt, the debt we mount for our sin accelerates faster than the United States debt. I think it is fair to say that we are not in a good condition before our sovereign just, holy, and wise God. How on earth do we get out of the mounting wages of sin against such a holy God? How do we get out of the mounting wages of sin against such a holy God? As we look honestly into our sinful nature, the sinful nature of our hearts, we must know 
that that is impossible. Are you truly looking to Jesus? Are you really looking and hearing Jesus this morning in this verse? His words need to be piercing to the division of your soul and your spirit. It needs to be piercing to, your, the, to the very joints and marrow of your flesh. It needs to be discerning all your thoughts and intentions in your heart. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Jesus is telling us that the message of the prophetic voice of the Lord is now fulfilled in him as the son of man. Jesus is our Messiah, the Lord's anointed who comes into the world not to be served, but to serve. Wow. Here is servanthood in action like it has never been seen and applied to fallen human beings. Are you ready to hear how Jesus serves his people, how Jesus serves you? Is your heart open to hear how Christ is serving you this morning? Yes, he gives, underline that, he gives his own life freely as a gift of ransom, payment for sin for those whom his heavenly father has given him and those he says, are many. Are you grasping the weight of this? We are in prison, guilty of our own mounting enslavement to our sin. We can say the key to the cell door, to the prison door, is lost. It's lost. It can't be found anywhere. It is humanly impossible for it to be unlocked and we to go free. But wait a second. The Son of Man comes to serve. He comes to serve. He is proclaiming liberty to the captives of their own sin. He, in service, is opening the prison doors to all those bound to their sin. Isaiah 61.1. Those within the prison walls have no money in order to be released from the mounting debt of sin and guilt. And yet the son of man, he says to you, do you know the words in Isaiah? He says to you, come, buy, eat without money, without money, and never be thirsty and hungry again. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2, you know the text. See it and put it into your heart this morning on the basis of this verse. 
After all, if you have come to know Christ through repentance and faith, then you understand, you understand that you are not your own, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You are not your own. Do you hear that phrase? You are not your own. Why? Why? Are you getting the concept of discipleship yet? That phrase is Paul's application of self-denial. You got it? (laughs) Has the light bulb gone on? (laughs) You are not your own. Paul goes on, but you were bought with a price. Price of Christ's ransom, redemption. Yes, what was the price? What was the ransom payment that absolutely cleaned our own debt before a holy and just God? It was the blood sacrifice of Christ. The blood sacrifice of Christ. Christ's cleansing blood on the cross is the ransom payment that covers our multitude of sins. Covers our multitude of of sins and repairs repairs our sinful condition of guilt for sin with our creator yes Christ's ransom on our behalf is an atoning sacrifice by which Christ takes upon himself the curse of the law on our behalf on our behalf. No Gentile leader will take such a position for their lordship over their people. But our servant Lord will take the position of a slave and die in order to bring reconciliation for his wretched subjects. This is yours, congregation. This is yours in Christ. Will we not rejoice in the sacrifice of the Lamb of God? Will not joy, will not joy, Christians are allowed to smile, Will not joy, you see, overflow in your heart today for the freedom that has been given to each of you 
in Christ. Your debt, your debt for sin is canceled. Canceled. And you are now walking about as the temple of the Holy Spirit. How many of you think about that when you're walking? Your daily life is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy through and in Christ unto your God in heaven. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, what a blessing it is to see and to understand and by thy spirit to be applied to our lives that we have been purchased by the price of Jesus' blood. What a cleansing aroma it is before your throne of grace given to us as gift. Help us, O oh Lord, to rejoice. Help us to be really thankful for this and help our walk in our daily lives of servanthood itself to be a wonderful, wonderful proclamation of what Christ has done for our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Number 605, let us stand and sing number 605.
Our great God and Father, we are so thankful that you have given to us the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are thankful that we understand that where it leads, we know is that in which is eternal life, that in which we ourselves will see him sitting upon his throne, his throne of grace and mercy unto us. We ask, O Lord, that you would now receive these gifts to the honor of his name, and may all things be done with these gifts in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. We will worship our Lord and our God with our tithes and offerings. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you.